Shooters, what's good? I want to welcome you in to a little spinoff that we're doing here. We're calling this the Hoop Troop, brought to you by Shooters Touch. Uh, basically, just taking an in-depth look at high school basketball throughout the state, and we're bringing on some experts to help cover this entire state. So we're getting stories um, from every corner of the state, if possible. And so uh, hope you enjoy it. Hope you follow along. You'll be getting one of these each week. Um, in addition to what uh, Adam and I are continuing to do as far as interviewing coaches and players as well. Um, we hope you enjoy. As always, shoot or shoot. You can't guard me in the paint. I'm an artist. See, I hustle on the flow. Call me Rick Ross. See the troop get it jumping like a tip-off. I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle. I'm a player, but my game be so official. Shooters, welcome in to another episode of the Shooters Touch Podcast, our first official hoop troop. We had our pilot last week, and we appreciate the support um, and all the mentions and stuff that you guys got. We're excited about this opportunity. We're excited to bring um, more high school hoops to you guys as we continue to try to grow the game here one story at a time in the great state of Iowa. Um, as always, I'm Brian Claude. It might not sound like it. I know I have a little coach's voice here tonight. Uh, just got back. My daughter played uh, five games up in Ames, and we lost the championship uh, at the buzzer. And so, uh, so a little rough on, a little rough on the voice. Hope to make it through it. But if not, as always, I got my guy Adam Veet with me, um, ready to help us out. Adam, how are things going with you today? Good, good. Uh, yeah, sorry to hear about that, Brian. Um, but uh, get better from that stuff, right, Coach? Yep. Absolutely. That's the exact message I said. You either win or you learn. So hopefully we learned something from it. We got six more tournaments. So we got a lot of basketball left, but uh, um, excited about tonight. We got a full house. We got everybody in the house. Uh, really, really excited to get to the troopers, um, to get to get some of the things that they saw throughout our great state this year or this week in hoops. And uh, probably no game bigger than the one uh, just across the way here and in Grimes. Uh, on Friday with the matchup between Rupella and, and DCG. And, and Doug was our, our trooper kind of on the scene watching that one for us. Um, Doug, what'd you see? What'd you like? Um, what are some things that with those two teams moving forward? Yeah, it's actually uh, my DCG week. I actually saw DCG play Pella Christian on Tuesday. Um, and kind of how little hockey works, they usually always play Pella Christian and Pella kind of back to back. So um, coach, uh, coach Larson kind of knows, uh, the, the Pella gauntlet that you have to go through, but, um, yeah, I was excited actually to see DCG play, um, just watching them over the years, the Glasgow kid, he is impressive. I, I really like him. He's, he's a nice kid. He just, his sportsmanship's good and he can ball. He can get to the hoop about any time he wants. And, uh, I'm not the coach. Um, but if I was coach Rankin, I'd have him taking about 10 more shots a game. That kid. A kick and hoop, um, but they took they clipped off uh, Pella Christian actually on Tuesday, and then that kind of set up um, Pella for Friday night. And Pella came out shooting lights out first half. Um, they probably had to shoot seventy five percent. It was crazy. Um, Carl Miller was draining. No one Allen was going at it. Um, but then, of course, second half comes around. DCG um, catches on fire at their home gym. Um, they have a little guard, Jacob Runyon. I guess he just got a D2 offer also. He is a huge addition for him. Um, I like him. He can get to the hoop about any time, nice and quick. Got a little shot on him. So um, came down to the end. Um, Noah Allen, little point guard for Pella, hit two huge threes. Um, one to put him up six. And then about a minute later, it's probably about three minutes left in the game, two minutes left in the game. I'm not sure exactly, but hit another dagger. And that kind of 
kind of sealed it for them, made some free throws at the end. I think they won by four, but it was a fun game to watch. Um, and that's kind of what you get every night in the Hawkeyes. So, yeah, that was a good one. That'll be uh, be tough to believe that, uh, that you don't see those two teams match up somewhere uh, down the line here as uh, both have story programs. Like you said, a ton of talent. Um, Adam, you spent a little bit of time, obviously, up with the Grimes and, and, and following along with that. Did you get a chance to take a little <laughs> bit of that in as well? Yeah, I did. And, you know, um, Dan's coach, you mentioned you mentioned Rankin there. Uh, he's done a, a great job. Um, his his I think youngest kid, I believe, is now um, in college. And he was he was a great ball player last year, too. But they got a really good team. What a question for you. Who's a better team if you had to pick right now? <laughs> who's a, who's a better team, Pella or DCG? Or, or DCG, yes. Well, go back to Friday night. Okay. I guess they're right. Dutch. I mean, okay. <laughs> and they'll, they'll match up again, in, uh, I think, probably three weeks. Um, and DCG will be out for blood, of course. But mm. I just go back to the last game. Pella All beat right. them. So I would say yep. Pella is a better team. And, and what, if Pella plays together as a team, they are going to be hard to beat. Um, uh, obviously, they have two losses um, to Norwalk and, and Washington. They're, they're both solid clubs. But um, on that night, Pella was a better team. Well, and that's always a, a good win when you get them, get them on the road too at, at their home gym. And so uh, credit the Dutch on that one. And, and a big game that I know a lot of us had our, had our attention um, as things were moving along on Friday. So let's move to you, Coach Larson. Um, what'd you see this week? What'd you like? Uh, what was the best game that you took in? Well, you know, one that I didn't see, but I want to, you know, just kind of, I think one of the best games in Central Iowa this week had to be Johnston beating Valley. Um, and so that's where I want to start off with, because I, I want to, I don't think we ever have hit on Johnston yet. And obviously, uh, Coach Frick does an amazing job. I think he's one of the best young coaches our state has to offer. And they got to win over a really physical, strong, athletic Valley team. And uh, they got a kid, Trey Lewis, at running their point guard. Um, you know, I think a lot of people know about Stephen Kramer, but uh, Trey Lewis is playing unbelievable right now. So I think that was a good game. I wasn't personally there and to watch it, but that would be my my uh, highlight game. Yeah. yeah no, I had an opportunity. I watched it. Um, I, you know, with my kids, obviously in the Johnson program, I ended up catching most of the games. And um, you know, it, it was a it was a tough win. Obviously, Valley uh, without uh, without their big guy inside made a yep. huge difference. And I think that honestly, Valley probably could have pounded inside a little bit more and might have had an opportunity. Um, Johnson just continues to, you watch them, you kind of feel like it's an NBA team. They kind of hang around for three quarters and then the fourth (laughs) quarter, they just come out and just put it to you. And they've, and, um, you know, fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, they've had a lot of success with it. And I know coach Frick will say the same thing too. Um, they just come out and about midway through that third quarter, they all of a sudden you're like, oh, this, this seems like a different level. And yeah. Trey kind of takes over. Trey hits a three. Trey gets a layup. Kramer gets in there. Gets you know might get a dunk. Get a run out. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, they were they were down six. Now they're up twelve. Um, you know, and it felt a little bit like that on Friday. Uh, they got a lead and then kind of held on. Honestly, a little bit down the stretch. But yeah, a, a good win whenever you can beat Valley. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's where I would start with. And then uh, the best game I saw. You know, I told you guys I was I was kind of. Fortunate enough to get to, to broadcast a game for Mediacom, and I, I got to watch Bondurant and uh, North Polk play, who uh, North Polk continues to impress. Uh, 
you know, they, they remind me a lot of, so one of my old coaches, Nick Wilkins had been North Polk's coach um, until this season. And uh, he was at Newton the year before uh, Newton got to go to state with Garrett Sturtz. And uh, so uh, he, he was at North Polk until this year with actually Garrett's brother Chandler Sturtz. They were kind of um, on the varsity bench together and uh, they've kind of been having this team come up. And, and I think you had coach Dosa on the show, you know, going into this season and um, they figuring some things out they have one of our state's best players in Jevin Sullivan and so I got to see him win at Bondurant Farrar who I would say one of the one of the favorites to win that league um coming into the season so that was a really good win but uh Tuesday was probably the craziest game or the craziest thing I saw I don't know if when we drop this podcast if 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 I send you the clip of the last 14 seconds of the game Tuesday night but uh, I don't know if anybody saw this yet, but uh, they were down five with 14 seconds left and no timeouts with Ashton Herman, who is, I think, leading the state in scoring at the free throw line. He misses both free throws. They come down. A kid off the bench hits a three. I forget. Coach Dose was telling us who it was, but uh, he missed. He makes the three. Ballard makes the mistake. They, they should have just held the ball out of bounds, but he tries to inbounds it. They steal it shovel it to the guy under the basket. They foul him, get an and one, make the free throw and win by one. Mm-hmm. Craziest thing. Wild, wild ending. Wild Don't try ending. and send that. We can't, uh, I, I don't have the smarts to put it on, uh, on their play. Uh, Cause I have the clip. So that was the craziest thing I saw all week, but, uh, what a week for them. I, they're six and one atop of the raccoon river right now. So, uh, what, a what a spark. And, and it's funny because why I mentioned that Newton thing is, uh, they, they remind me a lot of those good Newton teams with Garrett Sturtz kind of, they have that lead character in, uh, in um, Jevin Sullivan and then just a lot of hard gritty defenders and they're, they're playing really hard on the defensive end. Um, Bondurant also has, has a, a good team. It'll be interesting. You guys just got done talking about DCG and Pella, which, you know, obviously are my old rivals and in 3A and, and everything. And uh, I, I got to tell you, if I'm being honest, I, I think from what I've Look, I just, you know, this year, those teams tend or look like they're a step ahead of the, the teams in the Raccoon River that I've seen. Um, but it's going to be really interesting down the stretch because I will tell you a few of the individual players like Sullivan in the Raccoon River and Colby Collison out of, out of, uh, out of Bondurant are really talented players that I think could uplift in an individual game. So it'll be fun. Yeah, and you're exactly right, Coach. I, I caught the end of uh, the Ballard game. Um, one of the craziest endings that I've seen. Um, yeah. And just, just, you know, being here in Polk City, talking to people around who were at the game said the exact same thing. But, you know, you're you're right about North Polk. Um, I don't know what kind of expectations they had um, here before the season, just from outside the team, from outside the community. But they continue to put wins together. Um, I went to their only loss um, against Gilbert, who – was in a two, three zone the whole game and, and North Polk just couldn't crack it. Um, I think they mm-hmm. ended up losing, losing that game by, if I remember correctly, five or six, but you're right about Jevin. Um, just a freak athlete, stronger, usually stronger than everybody else on the court. Right. Um, and I know that that is Bondurant for our game was a big game that uh, they probably both had, both had circled on their calendar, but um, obviously the comments came out on top and you know, yep. they'll be obviously probably seeing more of each other here, here, just like the Pellas and DCGs. But um yeah, just a, 
a great win for the comments. And, you know, um, they continue, like I said, to keep putting wins together for Coach Dose. Yep. All right, Tom, let's uh, let's move up to your neck of the woods. Um, what right. do we have going on up in uh, uh, northwest Iowa? Well, our big schools, a lot of them haven't even played yet. You know, for example, Sioux City still has yet to play since Christmas, uh, before Christmas. Uh, but uh, the game of the week last week, I thought, Two-way up here is always a battle. I mean, it's just a it's a war between, you know, you're always got your whole Western Christians, your Boyden Poles, uh, Rock Valleys. Uh, the Central Lion, Esterville, Lincoln Central, both teams are rated going into this week. Uh, ELC was was the, the favorite team up at home Tuesday night uh, up in uh, Esterville. Uh, and Central Lion undefeated. They go in there and beat them by 14 points. Um, which I that's kind of surprised me. I was uh, I have not seen it. I just talked to some folks who were there. Um, and uh, they've got a really nice team. They had a very good football team. And, you know, especially in the smaller schools, if you're good in football, you're, it's going to transition, usually going to transition over into basketball. You're going to be pretty solid. Um, uh, but Central Lion, 10-0. and 0. Uh, They've got a kid, a uh, junior kid, that's a kind of a – he's going to be D D1 type football recruit. Zach Lutmer went over 1,000 points. Really salty, strong kid. I'm going to give a shout-out to his brother, Nick. Today is National Law Enforcement Day. And uh, Nick played at Barry Cliff. Uh, I got him an interview with the Sioux City Police Department. He's a police officer in Sioux City. So I'm giving a shout out to, to Nick Lummer tonight and all our great police officers out there. But uh, um, two A up here is, is going to be a dogfight. If you look at, at uh, BC Moore, you look at any of this stuff, I mean, there's five just teams that just beat the, you know, beat each other up every single night. And so that's. Uh, I th- that's that was probably the game of the week and maybe my surprise of the week all in one. I like it. And I, Tom, always good for a good shout out too. I love the shout outs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> keep them, keep them, keep them coming. Just like uh, riding, <laughs> riding the fence last week with the pizza, the pizza prediction too, right? Got to give both, <laughs> both of them a shout out. I ate them both every, every day this week. I went back and forth. Hey, love it. Love that's it. what you got on a limb there, Tom. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's move clear over to the other side of the state and actually a new voice on the podcast, Ryan Luersman. Welcome. We, we mentioned you at the end of the pod, so I think listeners knew that you were coming on. Uh, kind of taking a look at that uh, the Cedar Rapids area um, for us. And uh, what did you see this week uh, uh, as your game of the week? Well, uh, since I've retired, I've become a, a color commentator and uh, a mediocre one at that, but work with uh, Scott Unash and uh, his new internet broadcasting medium that does games in the metro area, primarily Cedar Rapids, Marion. Uh, so I'll see a lot of NBC uh, games and teams throughout that. But uh, in the area I know of, I didn't get to go to this this week because I was coaching AAU uh, Saturday uh, and not at the event, but Tyler Cleveland with the Iowa Mavericks AAU program puts on a tournament uh, at Co College every year, the Wells Fargo Advi- Advisors Shootout. Uh, and there are a number of great matchups uh, at that event. And the one that I think was the most compelling uh, was the Washington versus Ballard game. Now, you guys on the western side of the state, obviously, you can speak a little bit more than I can about Ballard and just how talented they've been. I know they've got Ashton Herman, I believe, is the kid. He's one of the top scorers in the state, one of the best players uh, at any level. And uh, Washington's kind of an up-and-coming program in southeastern Iowa. Uh, I've got a great young coach, Coach Stark. And uh, they've got a couple terrific uh, players in the backcourt, Cason Bailey, who's a Northwestern College, uh, Orange City commit, and Ethan Patterson. And those guys really got it going. Uh, their teammates rallied around them. They were able to 
pull what I think was a pretty significant upset for the east side versus the west side uh, early on in the season. Because you know Ballard will be there at the end, but uh, Washington raising a few eyebrows over here showing, hey, they may be worth it. They may, they may be for real. Yeah, that's a really cool uh, event that they put on over there. And how many how many teams uh, participate in that? Do you know? I think they had uh, like five games, five or six games, so ten or twelve teams. Uh, he did a nice, does a really nice job with it. My Xavier teams, we tried to do it every year. Originally, it was at the U.S. Cellular Center. Now it's the uh, Elite Powerhouse Arena, been renamed a couple different times. Uh, but now it's at a great venue, Co College. I don't know if you guys have been to Co for a game, but they've got a beautiful new field house uh, that went up two years ago, so or a few years ago. So the kids, uh, you know, having a great opportunity to be on a college campus. Uh, it's just a real neat event that draws a lot of people to the Cedar Rapids area. And then, I mean, it's neat because like game the game start early. Like, was the first one 10, 10 <laughs> or what time did, was it? Oh man, I uh, probably even earlier than that. I can remember one year playing wow. at eight in the morning. So yeah, but I think Tyler got reasonable with it uh, as he gained more experience running a tournament. Uh, so that sounds right, Brian. But bright and early, uh, the Breakfast Club. Get there, get your Starbucks, and, and watch some high school basketball. It's all. It's always fun when you have those, you know, kind of like Maui Invitational type of tournaments for these high school kids. I know Johnston hosted one on the girls' side here earlier in the year too, and um, you know was able to bring some of these the smaller schools, you know, into a five A school and play, you know, in a facility that's obviously quite different than they're used to, and so. Um, it's really neat. And, and obviously from a fan standpoint too, you can parlay a couple games and, and go to one gym and watch three teams that uh, you get an opportunity to watch it. Uh, it makes it a lot of fun. And so hopefully, hopefully we see more events like that and, you know, people learn um, from those experiences and we get an opportunity to, to learn more about some teams. Like you said, when you can bring East first West or teams that won't normally match up, it, uh, it makes it a lot of fun for the kids. No doubt. Hey, one thing to add there, uh, Brian, I, and, and I just think I'd be remiss. I, I'm really interested in that Washington two, team, too. Um, I know that they have a really big win over Pella earlier in the year, so I don't want to take away from their win, so so understand that from the start. But Ballard was playing this game. I just think this is an interesting story. Without their big guy, Kale, Kale Crow, he's a, I don't know if you guys know this, but he is a, a Iowa football commit, and he is dual sporting with wrestling and basketball this year. And so he was at a wow. wrestling tournament, took fourth. Um, I talked to Coach Schertz uh, on Friday, or maybe it was Thursday or Friday. And if he thought, if he didn't make, like, the, the semifinals, he might be there for part of the game or something. And they're, they're, I think it's pretty cool, though, that both coaches, you know, both the wrestling and the basketball coaches are trying to work with him. I think they thought it can help him at Iowa for football. And so – you know, kudos to the coaches for working with him. Um, obviously, that's a huge undertaking for the kid. How many how many players in the state ever have, have done that? I feel I, like that's the first time I've, I've ever never heard, heard of anybody of doing that. I wow. know Sadell had a kid. I don't know if any of you guys remember this. When they went to the state tournament, this would have been back in the early 2000s, they had a kid who was an all-state wrestler who – then the next year went out for basketball. They had a big kid named Ballard. And I think this kid's name was like Victor Moreno. And anyways, he ended up averaging like 20 points a game. So he came over from wrestling and he was the guard. And then they had a 6'10 kid. Um, that was Tom Goodman's team when he, when he was at Sadell for just a couple of years. Would have been their last, you know, really good team. But that's the only time I've ever even heard of wrestling basketball crossing over. 
I was gonna say those are two sports that uh, usually do not mix. Uh, <laughs> I mean, any facet, let alone a kid that can do both. Um, right. I I know my uh, my wrestling career was cut pretty short. I think th- three. Th- <laughs> three matches and I got put on my back and I was done. So uh, that's, uh, that's definitely, definitely does not make a lot of sense. That's awesome. That's great for that kid. Like you said, even, even more credit to those coaches and those programs to be able to figure that out, make it work. And um, you know, cause that's what we're here ultimately to do what's best for the kids and um, give them every opportunity and, you know, let them figure it out. So that's a, that's a that's a cool story and always a great nugget. If whenever we need a good nugget, we'll just turn to Larson. He's always got something, something in his back pocket for us. Um, so well, let's let's circle back to Doug and um, a program that you know didn't necessarily have to be this week. Um, you know, maybe you saw earlier in the year, but uh, someone, a, a program or a team to kind of keep an eye on, um, whether that's you know moving forward this season or maybe you know just kind of have some young pieces and look really good in the future. Um, what, what's one program uh, or team you kind of have your eye on? Sure. Actually, I got a couple of them. I just kind of kind of going through varsity bound and kind of looking at some different teams. Um, I think you got to look at Fort Madison. Fort Madison's nine and zero. They're kind of down in the southeastern tip of Iowa. Don't get probably any coverage up in central Iowa, uh, but they're nine and zero. Their top eight guys, all seniors. So I'm guessing they probably played AAU together. Probably played since fourth, fifth grade, and now actually they have a really good team. So I'll keep an eye on them. Um, also, Harlan, nine and zero. Do they ever have a bad year? I mean, seriously, it's like, it's that's like, a good question. It's like plug and play with those guys. Like you look up, look up, yep. Nine and oh, 10 and one, whatever they're Mitch Osborne. He's a hall of famer. So um, those kids, I'm sure grow up, they want to be on the court and they know exactly what they're supposed to do. So um, of course they're nine and oh. Um, and then one more Monticello. They actually went to the state tournament uh, for the last two years. And I read it, it was the first time in 60 years. Uh, and they went back to back. Two years ago, they were 2A. Last year, they were actually 3A. Uh, played Pell in the first round, had a good game. And now uh, they're 10-0 again this year. Um, Coach Tim Lambert over there. And they have a point guard, Tate Peterson, averaging 20 points a game. He's a three-year starter. And they actually have a sophomore, Preston Reese. I guess he's a super stud uh, being recruited by some uh, Division One football program. So this will be a big week for them. They actually play uh, Comanche and Mid Prairie, and both of those teams are undefeated. So this will be kind of uh, rubber hits the road type of thing for for Monticello and Comanche and Mid Prairie. So that's kind of just three programs that that I was kind of doing some research and um, kind of see what they're made of. Yeah, I like it. No, that's great. Bringing in um, all sorts of parts of the state that maybe don't get the coverage. So that's what we're here for. All right, Larson, um, I'm going to say this again. What's one team you're looking forward to? Uh, go ahead and give me your list of six or, six or seven that you have. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I want to, we talked some about our big schools and I, I want to, I kind of highlighted these guys before, but in our area, I mean, if you want to talk about a favorite to win a state title right now, I think you'd have to start with Grandview Christian and uh, they are, they, they went down to um, trainer. Actually, I don't know if it was at trainer, but um, you know, you can tell they, they've scheduled some bigger schools and they're trying to get some competition. Um, they have two dynamic guards and a six eleven guy and, and they are phenomenal. So they went to trainer and one by 20 and they are winning by an average of 40 points a game right now. And I kind of, I kind of, um, 
highlighted them last week, but I wanted to circle back just because I think they are so fascinating. And I'm just, uh, I know they play a couple of the Des Moines Metro schools coming up here and you could tell they really tried trainer was eight and one going into it and they, they won by 20. So, uh, so uh, they're, they're really someone to keep an eye on when, it, when, if, if we were having the draft over like picking state champions, they, they'd be my number one draft pick. Well, um, I was, was going to say, you said kind of highlighted them. I think, I think the quote was, tell me, tell me who's better in 1A. And if you have someone DM me, I think is what the actual quote was. Well, and then I did get some grief about that because just eight miles down the road is, is my guys in Martinsdale. Some guys I, I coached in little league baseball and stuff. And they're like, coach, we're eight, no down here in Martinsdale. And you don't even give us a shout out. So, uh, Martinsdale is at it again. They were at the state tournament last year and, uh, um, they are coach Joe Franey and, 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 um, and the Martinsdale blue devils are, uh, at it again. Um, they are doing a great job. Hogan Franey is, uh, leading the way for them. And, uh, they're really fun to watch as well. So, um, I was talking to coach this week and he's like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see in the next, next few games where we're at, but, um, I want to give them, them a little bit of shout out just from the small school aspect. We don't have as many, you know, super small schools, more the, the two way. Obviously, Doug passed it over. Pella Pella Christian is also this week, which I think from a two-way perspective, seeing how Pella Christian, you know, responds, they obviously lost to DCG, but let's see how they, they compete with Pella. To um, I think they're going to be right in the mix with the, the two-way stuff. And we talked a lot about it. I mean, in the foray, I'm telling you, we got Ames, Northwest, uh, Ankeny, Ankeny and Ames is this week, but then they, uh, Ames plays Northwest next week. So next week, we're going to really highlight 4A because there's a lot of big-time games coming up and so many good players out of that uh, that league right now in that division. Yeah, no, I would agree. And um, we'll get to – you're jumping ahead on us here, little Larson. I'm Sorry. sure that you did all his game of the week. Thanks for that one. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, yeah, obviously, some good teams to take a look at. Uh, keep your eye on here as you move forward. Um Tom, I, I kind of it looks like I got two of you on my screen, but who's who do you have uh, as a team or a program to watch up in your neck of the woods? Are we jumping ahead? <laughs> okay, okay, no team to watch. One of, no, one, one of us is. I've got uh, okay. In three A, three A up in Northwest Iowa is a flip of the coin right now. I couldn't tell you because it's. I mean, nobody's stepping up and saying we're the guys to beat. But if I had to pick somebody right now in three A, I'm going to say Spencer is kind of. Uh, Looks like they're going to be top dog. Uh, Carter Petzenhauser is a four-year starter. Carter's a kid that's getting recruited. Uh, he's averaging a little over 20 a game. His, his dad, Corey, has been the coach up there. Corey was a D1 player. And, uh, uh, you know, BC Moore, they've got – they're not ranked, but BC Moore, is, they've got about the third toughest schedule in 3A. They they played a tough schedule, and they're, they're seasoned. Uh, they're good quality coached with Corey Petzenhauser. And then uh, uh, the other one up here, I think, in 2A – Again, like I said, there's so many good 2A teams up here. But Rock Valley, uh, you know, made it to state finals in football. And that's a combined Boyden Hall-Rock Valley football team. A lot of those guys are playing basketball now for Rock Valley. Uh, the Van Keckeritz kid just committed to play football at Iowa. Uh, they're, they're pretty solid. They've been playing this year. They've had some early season injuries, so they've got a couple losses. But I think Rock Valley is a team that I'd keep my eyes on in 2A up here. Yeah, that's okay. So we have a couple teams up in that way. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see with with Spencer um, what they're able to do. 
Um, and like you said, that that schedule it, it it means so much when you when you play tough teams. We get late in the year. Um, you build up some calluses and hopefully have some things ready to move forward and get down here to Des Moines. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's move up to your way. Uh, what's one team or program that uh, you've had an opportunity to kind of see that you keep an eye on, uh, want to watch here moving forward? Yeah, one that I've followed uh, for quite a while and uh, know the coach very well uh, that I think is going to have a strong season in 2A uh, is Applington Parkersburg. Uh, they've got one of the top uh, guards in the whole state, Jaden Mackey, kind of a do-it-all uh, combo guard that can score it, draw, you know, throw drops dimes, distributes real well. He's averaging about 14.4 a game. They've got a big six-seven post uh, Christian Hogstad that uh, Coach Thomas tells me is averaging close to a double-double. Uh, they've got another big kid in Garrett Garrett, Garrett Hep, Hempen that's averaging 12.2 a game. And Gavin Thomas, the coach's son, a sophomore, averaging 9.4 a game. Uh, I think they're leading uh, – I think they're the leading scoring team in the entire state, all classes at 85 points per game, and they're only giving up 53. So, uh, you know, Aaron's always going to be a humble guy and, and talk his team down. But uh, this group's particularly strong. You know, with him, uh, he's be really competitive on the defensive end. Uh, they're not going to give you anything, obviously evidenced by their stats early on what the average that they're allowing. And uh, they've been real impressive so far. Their only loss is to an out-of-state team, uh, coincidentally, uh, Caledonia out of Minnesota, who's got a, a future Iowa State Cyclone in Eli King, uh, whose brother played at South Dakota State for a couple of years with one of my former players, Matt Mims. And Matt's been telling me about this Eli King for a long time. He's pretty dang talented, so... Uh, you know, to only lose to them, I think that that speaks uh, volumes to how good AP is right now and how good they potentially could be. Yeah, and I think that, you know, honestly, <clears throat> we talk about AP, you know, obviously we've we've had Aaron on the podcast. I've, I've, I'm from around that area, so follow those guys quite a bit. Made State last year, um, I think Mackey Kid had <clears throat> at least over 25, probably a lot more than that uh, in a couple games, three games they played down there. Um, and I believe they only graduated two seniors last year, so um, – like you, like you said, Ryan, scoring a lot of points. Um, they got a lot of pieces, a lot of, a lot of role players around Mackey, the upper Iowa commit. Um, so they're, they're exciting to watch. And you're exactly right. They lost. I, I watched the second half of that Caledonia game. Um, and that you're right. That King is the real, is a real deal. Um, they're not going to see anybody like that guy in, uh, in Iowa, in the two way basketball in the NICL. Tom. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you don't know anything about Caledonia, Minnesota basketball, uh, Andy Foster, who was my assistant coach at Healand, is a Caledonia grad. They have traditionally, I mean, they are a phenomenal sports school, uh, basketball, state tournament every year. Football, I think they, they just won like 100 games in a row. So if you lose to Caledonia, you're pretty good. I mean, if, you're, if it's a closed game. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think it was an eight-point game. Yeah. Eight, ten-point game. <clears throat> Those uh, the ability for those teams to be able to go and play out of state, um, it, it feels like it's something that's fairly new. At least maybe I just don't remember it as much. But uh, you know, these these guys being able to go and, and catch a Minnesota team, I know I uh, was at last year. Waukee, their only their boys team, their only loss was to, to Minnesota Minneapolis school, and so um, it's neat. I think it's I think it's fun for those kids, like you said. And then all of a sudden, you have a connection where you know big time recruits coming to our state to to play, and so. Um, it's got to be a really neat experience for those kids at that level. Absolutely. And I wasn't, and I wasn't aware either. I was talking to one of um, Aaron's assistant coaches last week that um, 
obviously those games count for records, but he was like, yeah, we, we lost Caledonia. So we dropped in the rankings. And I, I don't know why I just assumed that hey, you're playing that. and out of state, out of state team that, that, that shouldn't kind of get the rankings. But uh, yeah, as you said, Brian, awesome bringing those, those schools down here to Iowa or even going up there, you know, wherever it is out of state to play um, just such good experience for those kids. Yeah. Just give them a, a new experience, something fun and something to look forward to for sure. Um, speaking of fun and maybe a little unique. So next one question that I pose to you guys and Doug, we'll start down with you again. Um, something unique maybe that you saw, whether that was a, a, an interesting play. Um, Doug, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a, a rule or a, officiating something that you saw. Um, maybe a Euro or a step back or something that you that you saw that you liked. Um, maybe a cool gym, maybe a really sweet jersey, maybe an awesome concession stand, whatever you guys had. Um, something unique uh, this week that you, you tallied up. Uh, yeah, actually, I got a couple of them, but I'll, I'll stick with one, Brian. I promise. <laughs> I, only, I, only, I only hit on one. Um, and this is something that I'm, I guarantee you probably 99% of the coaches are going to disagree with me. Um, and Coach Luresman is looking at me like, okay, what's, what's he going to say? But, <laughs> uh, when guys dive on the floor for basketballs, and I know 100% of the coaches will say, good hustle, great hustle, good job. But most of the time, kids get hurt or they the ref doesn't know the rule and he calls a travel or uh, there's usually some commotion or a guy dies and he's leaves his team out of position I just that's one thing I watch all the time in AU and kids basketball and all these kids diving on the floor for a loose ball in the lane you got four kids on the ground all of a sudden the guy standing up picks the ball up Throws it to another guy for a layup. It happened actually in the North Pole Bondurant game. Kind of late in the game. There's two guys on the floor. A kid from Bondurant dives, like Superman dives, for the ball, doesn't get it. Now he's way out of position. He's 90 feet from the floor. North Pole gets the ball, two passes, layup, because this kid's diving on the floor. I don't know. Just something that when I watch the games, I'm like, why are all these kids diving on the floor? So that's that's my <laughs> unique perspective, I guess, Brian. I'll just pause because I want to hear some response to this. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure Coach Betts is going to disagree with me. No, I, actually, I, I might agree with you. Doug Moody, who is my mentor, Doug would call that a lot of times false hustle. And, and it, you know what? There's times to really make a hustle play, and then there's times to be smart. I'm, I'm in your corner here, buddy. Wow. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, night. night's, the night's what not night. over. <laughs> Doug, I just hope Coach Core listens to this somehow and he can have a discussion with you because I have a feeling he's on the opposite side of that spectrum. Okay, I got, <laughs> some, I got something to add to that, Coach Larson. So I actually did send out a tweet probably two years ago, maybe three years ago, and Coach Core actually did respond back to me. Uh, did? And he did not agree with me, but he liked my argument. So uh, okay, yeah. see. There you go. There we go. That, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's all we need. And uh the, the mentions, uh you can go ahead, we'll we'll tag them um below. So if you want to go ahead and give Doug uh, your uh, your opinion on diving on the floor, it uh it'll be available. So that's great. No, I love it. I, and like you said, I your argument 100 percent I'm on I'm on board with uh I'm on board with the, the time and situation as most things. Um you know, it, it totally depends on what it is. But uh, all right, Larson, what do you got for us? Unique, something I'm that you saw so this week. 
asked me this question because I saw something this week that I, I am so excited to highlight. So um, coach Rob Luther is a football coach actually at Baxter. He was on the first basketball staff I was ever at on at Des Moines East with me. And so I follow him on Twitter, but he tweeted out. So I didn't see this, but I love it anyways. Coolest thing I saw. Lily Van Sice. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Okay. Lily set their school scoring record on Friday night against Dunkerton. Scored 33 points, which was a school record. But he has a picture of her during the boys game on the dance squad. She's there (laughs) dancing away. Wow. After score. So she had to score 33 points, go get all made up get her, you know, dance outfit on and go dance away. That was my quirkiest, funnest thing. So between that and Kale Crow playing, yep. doing fun basketball and wrestling, that's my... So, Very so unique else, night for you, Coach. Yeah, dual, dual sport in this winter. Wow. I think uh, that's going to be my favorite segment from Larson is what what unique uh, thing happened this week? Because you just keep pulling rabbits out of I haven't even told you what's there. going on in my house yet. I mean, I can really... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you don't have to. We already mentioned before we got on. We, it looks like we're setting the mood. Got some nice lighting. Christmas right. lights. Yeah. We, we love it. We love it, Coach. So, all right, Tom, uh, let's transition up your way. What, what did you see uh, that jumped out or something unique that well, uh, kind of stood out to like you this that, week? Is Tuesday night, I did the uh, Heelan boys versus South Sioux City boys game on the radio. There were 58 fouls. Now, that seems like a lot, doesn't it? 58 yeah. fouls yeah. called. And – is a you know hey nobody dislikes officials more than I do. no I'm just kidding that's a that's just that's a joke uh, uh, again Twitter profile will be below again again no I I mean I, I'll be honest with you so the, the discussion well, there's been a lot of discussion about this game this week because 58 fouls called was it were the officials calling it too close were the players not adjusting were the coaches not adjusting. And uh, I think there's there's probably a little bit of everything going on there, but uh, it was a game where uh, everyone was guarding everybody tight, uh, whether or not you believe they should have been or not. And both coaches were saying, put your head down and drive. Well, there was a lot of hand checking, but it was 58 fouls. I don't know. That's got to be about as many as I've ever seen. Yeah, that's, I feel like I played a game in high school that I know it was in – the mid to upper 40s, I think, on a foul call. And I felt like I spent the entire game staying at half court watching people shoot free throws. Like, it was just miserable. Um, so I would imagine that that, uh, that those officials have have probably never done eight or nine games in the AAU tournament, too, because you got to get a you got to get a move in here. Give me an hour behind schedule. Right, Let's go. Right, right, right. We got to get back and record a podcast. Let's go, guys. So. But, uh, all right, Ryan, well, what did you see this week uh, that kind of stood out to you? Well, the bar has been raised pretty dang high with these stories. Uh, but I, I do have something that uh, is a little unique. A friend of mine is his assistant coach uh, for Cedar Rapids, Washington. And uh, I was doing their game uh, against Linmar this past Tuesday. Great guy. And uh, his son had three dunks already in the game. I mean, vicious dunks, Trajan Sane. Uh, is the kid's name is is uh, his father's Bruce Sane, who I think played at Northern Illinois maybe for a year or two, and I think ended up back this way somewhere. 
But uh, anyways, not one of his prouder moments. You know, his competitive nature got the best of him. His son, uh, Trajan, gets a steal after shortly after already having a dunk earlier. Tries to Euro step and go up and dunk again. Gets the block charge foul kind of at a critical part of the game. It didn't decide the game, but a critical part. Dad jumps up and just yells at the top of his lungs. And he gets teed up. And the reaction <laughs> no. was priceless. The reaction was no. priceless. The student section at Wash, they love Bruce. I mean, he's got a great personality. He's a legend in our area around here for what he did as a player back in the day. They, they start chanting, we love Bruce. We love Bruce. <laughs> it was just a, a strange moment, a funny moment. Like I said, it didn't decide the, you know, the outcome of the game. But uh, it's not, you know, every so it's very rare for someone, a player, to have their dad get a technical during a game. Yeah, yeah. that is that's not something you want as a player. <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, I think that uh, you, you'd probably rather your dad than, at least for me, than the, for me to come home with one. I would rather be like, come on, dad, you know, <laughs> as opposed to have to walk in the door and, and try to explain that to my dad. But uh, that's an awesome, that's a good story. So I, I love it. Um, obviously, it's no secret that there's just – so many great and awesome, not only games, but things going on throughout our state. And um, that's why we, you know, are here and that's why we want to talk about it. And so that, that, that makes it a lot of, a lot of fun and, and the reason on why we do this, but uh, all right, guys, before we get out of here, um, we have to take a look uh, moving forward this week. Uh, what's a, what's a game that you have, you know, in your area um, that you're kind of circled that you're excited about uh, what's a good matchup and Doug, we'll, we'll kick it your way again here to, to kick us off. Sure. Um, biggest game around here, obviously, uh, this Friday will be uh, Pella Christian Pella. It's always a, a huge game, no matter what the records are. Um, I, I think back in the day, probably 15, 20 years ago, it used to be really bad uh, as far as crosstown rivals. It's gotten a little better. Um, kids are actually friends now. Um, a lot of them play in AAU together, so it's, it's a little different, but um, um, that's always, it doesn't matter if uh, what the records are. It's, it's always a close game. So that'll be fun Friday night to, and that'll pack the gym. I believe it's at Pella high and the gym will be packed and it's always uh, the atmosphere is great. So that'll be fun. You uh, can't, can't ever beat an in-town rivalry. Uh, obviously playing at Algona, Algona and Algona Gary again um, was always a fun matchup. And like you said, it, it, it definitely changes over time because you do become friends. Um, you hear all the stories about how I used to hate each other from across town, but it gets to the point where, uh, you, you become friends, you have respect. So, yeah, what did you have to add, Doug? Well, I know back in, I think, the late 80s, probably early 90s, I think that they used to be in the same class. So a lot of times they would match up for substate, PC Pella. Oh, wow. So they would have it actually at Central College, sell tickets ahead of time. Um, so it now, obviously, it's two different classes, so it's a little different. But uh, back in the day, yeah, it was, it was a bloodbath. Yeah, that'll well, that'll be interesting. We can't uh, can't wait to catch your breakdown of that one on next week's pod. But uh, Larson, who do you got? What are you what are you looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, um, a couple. I'm excited to see a couple teams. I will here at Norwalk, uh, uh, watching my daughters play. I, I will see um, DCG and Indianola. So I'm looking forward just to seeing those two teams. Um, obviously, I've seen Norwalk play a couple times, but just see how see how those teams are looking. Um, Doug, it's interesting when you talk about Pell and Pella Christian. I wondered sometimes, you know, back when I started 25 years ago, they were such the powers of the conference. Now that there's more parity, 
I wonder if that's leveled off their their rivalry just a touch. Just I was thinking as that because you know I think we could talk about that every week, and that's kind of what I'm going to get at. My my big game this week. I think you're going to hear me saying this a lot because you're going to hear the same teams in the CIML because um, they're going to start playing each other this week on Friday. It's um, it's I should should check that. I'm pretty sure it's Friday, not Tuesday. Um, I had looked earlier. Uh, it's Ames and Ankeny and um, Ankeny's got a really nice squad. They got some, some kids, some younger kids that have been playing for a while. And then I think everybody knows Ames is, is probably the team to beat in 4A right now with teaming Lipsy and, and um, some really other good athletes to go along with them. But they, they start kind of their gauntlet with Ankeny, Johnston, Northwest. And so we're going to see, we're going to see, you know, where, what they're made of a little bit and kind of starting this week, Friday. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see. You know, Ames, it feels like, uh, you know, we, we get a C down here in central Iowa, Iowa, but always always a little surprising for whatever reason when they come down and so get an opportunity to see them. Uh, be interested mm-hmm. to hear your take on that next week. Uh, Tom, what do you got circled over uh, your way? Well, a game I've been waiting for is uh, Council Bluffs, Abraham Lincoln and East. Uh, it's out at East High on Tuesday. Uh, AL, uh, they've been challenging themselves pretty well this year. They went over to Omaha over the Christmas break. They lost two. They lost to Bellevue and Millard North, two of Nebraska's top big school teams. So they, they did take a couple on the chin. Uh, I know AL is also going up to La Crosse, Wisconsin next weekend to uh, a tournament. And so I know uh, uh, Coach Isaacson's, uh, he's not afraid to take a few losses because he's, he's had some bad experiences the last two, finished the last two years, not the way he wanted. So, uh, but Tuesday's that uh, East and uh, AL game out at East High. And then uh, another one that's already a rematch in 1A uh, Tuesday is Lamar's Galen and Remsen St. Mary's, two rated teams. And uh, that's the first round uh, went to Remsen St. Mary's up in Remsen. And so this is up in Lamar's. And these teams are 10 miles away, two Catholic schools. It'll be packed gym. It'll be old school hickory type basketball. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it sounds fun to me. Yeah, I was gonna say, sign me up for that. That sounds like a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, what do you got uh, up circled your way? A uh, game that I uh, I have that uh, I'll actually be doing on the radio is Linmar, which traditionally has been uh, one of the top power programs in the state, particularly on our side. The run that they had way back of I think it was ten consecutive state tournaments or something ridiculous, but. They've got a good young freshman, promising freshman that's averaging 10 a game, Davis Kern, uh, 6'8 freshman, coupled with uh, some pretty talented uh, upperclassmen, just have good chemistry. They lost a, a one they probably shouldn't have lost the other night to Iowa City Liberty, but been playing good ball other than that game. And they get to take on Cedar Rapids Prairie, uh, who's got a, a stable of really strong athletes, uh, big guy in the middle that Davis will match up with is Gabe Burkle, who's going to Iowa State. Uh, to be a tight end in football, talented player that was out last season. Prairie's got a great guard court in Jake Walter and Elijah Ward. I think they're both averaging uh, well over double figures. And uh, Prairie had a big win early on in the season. Again, East versus West battle here. Uh, they took down Johnston early in the season. So uh, I'm really excited to get my first look at them, talking with Coach Rickardson a little bit about them. Uh, he's got coach Doug Wagemeister, who was one of the guys that really got Kirkwood Community College going uh, many years ago. He's on the bench now. I think that's helped uh, Rick and made a big difference. So Cedar Rapids Prairie could be a team uh, 
to really watch this year and maybe they can make a step forward and finally get down to Des Moines again. But uh, anxious to just see them in the flesh uh, here on Tuesday against Linmar. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what your take is on Prairie too. Cause yeah, like you said, they, they uh, clipped Johnston um, when they were number one. And so uh, I'll be interested to hear what your breakdown with that is. Um, I, I do have a, a couple. So we have on Tuesday, Dowling Valley um, is obviously the rivalry. Uh, you know, th those programs, you know, not where they've been um, in the past. But uh, I think the big thing with that is um, probably more on the girls side. So if, if, if Dowling's <laughs> able to uh, beat Valley on Tuesday, um, then it should set up for an undefeated matchup on Friday between the Johnston girls and the Dowling girls. Um, and so that'll be a big game. Uh, that, that Johnston girls team is just unbelievable. Um, I know I mentioned it earlier, obviously get an opportunity to watch the Dragons play quite a bit, but uh, uh, the amount of talent that they have, um, I mean, realistically, probably, I would say seven, probably for sure, maybe eight future college basketball players on one girls team. Um, which is just unbelievable. I mean, the, the only thing that I can even start to compare them to is probably that Waukee boys team of last year. Maybe not a high end of talent as those guys had, but probably pretty close. I mean, you got Jay Jimphy, <clears throat> who's committed to Iowa. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of, you know, you got a D2, um, a couple D3 players, and then girls coming off the bench. And, oh, by the way, the number one eighth grader in the country um, coming in next yeah. year. So. That's going to be that's going to be an interesting um, situation there. Um, but Kristen Meyer at Dowling, we've had her on the pod, um, did a great job up in Nevada when she was there before. Actually, I think she just got her 200 twin. Shout uh, out so to congratulations to her. Yep. Yeah, she she's done a great job with Dowling. So I'll be anxious to see that'll be Friday. Um, you know, and obviously the boys matchups will be well, too. Um, but the, the, that girls game should should be should be a big one in the state with those two teams undefeated, assuming the Maroons get past Valley on Tuesday. So Throughout the state, guys, we have a lot of games, um, a lot of good matchups, um, you know, a lot of really great players, a lot of good coaches. Um, we're excited to continue to cover, continue to, to take a look and, uh, you know, bring us what we can um, each and every week. Uh, we appreciate the follows. As always, continue to stay with us. First episodes in the book, guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go watch some more basketball. And uh, as always, shoot or shoot.